It just seems like it's overly aggressive. I said, damn, that's <laughs> that's what uh, our job is to be when lives are at stake. Enchanted Sky Media. Media. This is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast. Now, here's your host, Scott Orr. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again here on Code 3. This is the show for and about firefighters. We're informing and entertaining members of the fire service, just like you, from coast to coast. How do you conduct a primary search? I'll bet you do it by having the whole search team follow the walls, staying in line, and physical contact, right? Doesn't that seem a little slow and even a little wasteful? If you have a three-man crew or a four-man crew, shouldn't they be able to cover the room faster? My guest today says yes, they should, and he says the oriented search is the way to do it. Chris Del Bello is a third-generation firefighter and a 30-year veteran of the fire service. He's got 20 years with the Houston Fire Department. He's a senior captain and a district training officer. Chris is also a partner in Houston Midtown Mayhem training firm, and we'll have more on that later. And Chris Del Bello joins me now. Welcome to Code 3. Thank you, Scott. You've called interior searches a lost art. Why is that? Being the district training officer for the uh, largest fire department in Texas and training as many, not just groups, but other officers, it really opened my eyes that either the fire academy or the fire service in general has failed these guys in their training on search, you know, search for victims, search for trapped occupants, which is really our primary, our most important job. I see them just following the walls. A lot of times they don't even get off the walls. They're afraid to get off the walls. They're afraid to let go of each other. Just like you said a little bit ago, they just follow each other like they're on some cow trail, you know, and there is no real search. And I see it over and over and over every time I train a new crew. When I'm training them, I introduce them to the oriented search, and some of them get it, some of them don't, some of them believe in it. You know, some of them, it, it wakes them up, it shocks them. And they're like, man, I've never seen a search like that. I'm, I don't even know if I'm comfortable. It's just really surprising. <laughs> it's uh, something that makes it safer and faster, yet it really opens their eyes to it. All right. Why don't you go ahead and describe what is an oriented search? My description of the oriented search would be it could be a three-man team. It could be a two-man team. Whether you have an officer or somebody riding up, that person, his primary responsibility is to maintain orientation, crew integrity, and situational awareness, meaning that he's not actively searching. He's maintaining the contact with the wall. He stays at the door. 
he sends in a member to actually search a room. Like if you have a long hallway with a bunch of rooms off of it, that officer never goes in with a team leader. He never goes in and does the physical search of the room. He just stays in the hallway, stays at the door, leaves the door open, sends one guy in. That guy searches real quick. All he's got to do is worry about searching the floor. He doesn't have to worry about, oh, there was a window there, oh, there was a door there. He don't need to worry about all that. He can open the door, see what it is, see if somebody's on the other side of that door. But just search the floor, search the bed, search the closet, and get back out. You throw three guys into a bedroom, and, you know, they're clanking their bottles and bumping into each other and trying to communicate. You know, you hear a lot of what, what, what. Well, this, if you've trained on the oriented search, this is real simple. Everybody knows when you get to a door, one guy goes in, he does a quick search, comes back out, communicates with the officer that he's finished the search in that room, then they move on down the hallway. Get on down the hallway, find the next door, sends the other guy in, searches that room, and just repeats that process over and over. The officer never leaves the hallway unless they come to a large room. What if we're talking about a large facility, say a grocery store or something like that? Does this still work? It still works to an extent. But I, what the difference on like a grocery store, what I would what I would throw in there is still like your oriented search. I would utilize ropes, the search ropes, the tag lines. Again, the officer would stay if he were in the, like a grocery aisle, send a guy down there, watch him with his thermal imager, try and stay in some kind of contact with him, whether it's visual or verbal. But yeah, you know you can. Some of the taglines are up to 75 feet. I think ours are 25 feet, but our search rope is 200 feet. So, yes, it's still the oriented search, but, you know, you're using a safety line, basically. I'll be back with more right after this. On any given day, you are tasked to be your best and power through the worst of times, all at a moment's notice. We know the sacrifices you make each and every day. Your success relies on superior equipment and the best training available. That's why Federal Resources is here to support you, the everyday hero. We are here so you can excel. Discover your success at federalresources.com. Why isn't this being taught universally? It sounds like it's the most logical way to do it, but obviously not everybody agrees. Why is that? I really do not have that answer. I worked for a smaller department before I got on with Houston back in the 90s, and uh, I was teaching Vent Inner Search, and, I mean, that blew their mind. And they were like, well, I don't even know if we are allowed to do this. And I'm like, what do you mean you're not allowed to do this? You have some kind of policy or guideline? That we, you know, it just seems that, like it's overly aggressive. I said, you know, that's, <laughs> that's what uh, our job is to be when lives are at stake. Get in there, get the job done, get them out. I mean, it's a dangerous job. It's a dangerous situation. But, you know, that's what they expect. 
you know, that's what everybody expects. And, I mean, I really don't have an answer as to why this isn't being taught. I mean, again, I work for the biggest department in Texas, and I don't know where it's confusing as to uh, (laughs) our level of training when it comes to search. Is there a departmental guideline for your department that specifies how searches are to be done? At this time, no, there is not. So that means that you can do this or not? Yes, correct. I think it's important to address the issue of doesn't it present more risk than the type of search where a crew stays in physical contact, or are you saying that we should just accept that level of risk to get the job done? It is a calculated risk, yes. But, you know, most of the searching I do, I'm on the truck, so we don't have a hose line. So just about every search I do is without a hose line or a rope. It's a calculated risk. You're, You're counting on the engine company to do their part, while you're doing your part. This is definitely a safer option, and it's the option we use every time. My crew is trained very extensively on it. You know, we probably train, well, we train at least twice a week because that, that's our shift. So, uh, and I know that we spent probably four weeks training on it before everybody got comfortable and understood it, agreed with it, I guess, that comfort level. But again, it can be done with just two guys too, you know, and it's really more important to use the oriented search if you only got two guys. One guy goes in, one guy stays at the door, maintains orientation, situational awareness, and they search what they can, which is two guys. You also mentioned that you guys don't usually use ropes. Why is that? It, it's just, it's based on the conditions and the the building. Like, we made a pretty good uh, five-story mid-rise, and, you know, I started off with a, with a rope search, and, you know, again, I was just in the hallway doing the oriented part, and uh, I realized, hey, this is just a straight-run hallway. So I just ended up dumping the rope because you get crews up there, and they're tripping on the rope. You've got zero visibility. You're using the rope. Other crews are coming in behind you, tripping on it, pulling on it. And I realized, hey, it's just a straight run hallway. I don't need it, so I dumped it. I mean, if you're if it if you're the only guy on the fire floor, <laughs> if you're the only crew on the fire floor, it's a great tool. <laughs> so I know at least one person commented on the danger of crawling through structures. Will a duck walk do, or does it matter? If I'm going to get down, it's probably going to be the duck walk. My knees just can't handle the, the crawling anymore. But, like, when I get my guys, when, I, when I'm training my guys and I send them into the room to do the actual search, I tell them, look, do a real search. Get in there, hands and knees, not your tools, nothing like that. I've, I've done a lot of training on search, and guys that are using the tools, you know, they put little baby dummies in there. And the tools will miss those baby dummies in training. I imagine in real life, you're going to miss, a, <laughs> miss it with a tool also. So I'm, I'm more of a don't use your tools to search. Use your hands. Get down on your hands and knees. Do a thorough search of the floor. Do a thorough search of the furniture. Down the hallway moving. Duck walks good. Duck walks good. 
All right, Christo Bello, thanks for being on Code 3 today. Thank you, sir. Good talking to you. And we put some more information on Oriented Searches and Chris's company, Midtown Mayhem, on our website at code3podcast.com slash oriented. Check it out. Now, here comes your trivia question. Name the four methods of aggressive interior attack. I'll have the answer right after this. Now's your chance to get your hands on Code 3 t-shirts, sweatshirts, and more. Show your support for the podcast that supports firefighters from coast to coast. Just go to Code3podcast.com and click on the Code 3 store link. Or go to Code3podcast.com slash shop and tell the world that you're a Code 3 fan. Here's the trivia answer. The four methods of aggressive interior attack are combination, direct, indirect, and modified direct. And all right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more, and I hope you'll join me then. I'm Scott Orrin. Until then, I'll see you later. Code 3 is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To get in contact with us, visit Code3Podcast.com. And if you haven't subscribed yet, you should. Don't miss an episode. Find us at the Apple iTunes Store, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.